we are going to go through the book of Colossians. And it's a very, Colossians is a very, very, how can I say, it's a small book. Four chapters. If you love reading, it will take you less than half an hour to read through it with four toilet breaks. But if you're a slow reader, it will take you about four days to get through the entire book of Colossians. It is going to take us a whole lot longer than that for us as a church to preach through it. So um, get ready. It is going to be amazing. Um, I was just doing Bible study, and I believe this is what God said um, we should do next. So we're going to be going through Colossians. And before we start, can we just open up in prayer quickly? So Lord Jesus, you are good. We thank you for your word. We pray as we dive into this book that you, through it, would do what only you can do. Change us. Grow us. Fill the need. And Father, equip us to move forward. Bless us today as we just sit here with each other, as we mingle, as we get to know each other. We are so grateful that we get to come to church. So we thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Emmanuel. You are amazing. Amazing. Guys, oh, we have a really special team that helps us make Sunday um, just what it is. And so can I just ask you just to take a few minutes. I just want to honor each and every one of our, our volunteers. If you can just give them a round of applause and just say thank you. They wake up early. They, they wake up really early to be here. This morning, I thought I would be the first at church because, you know, Gavin, he's a guy on the tech team. He's always here first. He travels in from Cape Town, um, like city center, and he comes here and he told me he's going to be late. So I'm like, yes, I get to be here early. And when I got to Stephen Joe was here, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I never went with these guys, but they are so amazing. So thank you, team. But yeah, let's carry on. Colossians. Uh, for those who don't know, let's do just a little bit of background of a history study here. Colossians, uh, if we look at Colossians, where it would be seated, uh, situated today will be in Turkey. And uh, no, not the food. Um, everybody's getting hungry now. But um, Colossians is one of the four prison epistles. Uh, what I mean by that is one of the four books that Paul wrote while he was in prison. Now, how amazing is that, that you are locked up in prison, not knowing what your future is, might be condemned to die, and what you do is you still write letters of encouragement to people outside that are walking around and that are free. And I pray that we would become a church that no matter where we find ourselves locked up, in our, in our situations, in our work, in our family, in whatever it is, that because of Jesus we can still look out and set words of encouragement to everybody. I pray that no matter what we go through, we will always use our situation to learn and to grow and to find Jesus in everything. So Paul is writing this um, letter to a brand new church that just planted, like us. Hey, hey, here we are. And it is a church he did not start with people he doesn't know. There's only one guy he knows, and that is Epaphras. Funny name. Anybody having kids? That's a good name to name your kid. 
Hey, Epa, Epaphras, I don't know, you know, that's, that's an amazing name. I, I want to name my next kid that. Um, Ali said we're not having any more kids, so, phew, dodge that one. So, Epaphras, he found Jesus under the teaching of Paul. And then he went and he started a church. And then this church, he goes back and he tells Paul, this is the church. And when Paul hears about it, he gets excited like we're going to read about it. But something that is happening in this region at this moment, the Roman Empire is still ruling over the area. So you know, they crucified Jesus, so they have really crazy ideas, really crazy ways of living, and they are a predominant figure in this time at this moment. But while this church is busy growing and walking in faith and discovering themselves in Jesus, there's a lot of things that are happening. They're getting pressure from the outside world. How many of you guys have felt pressure from work, from friends, from just the outside world? It is crazy. And this is what they, what they are going through. And Epaphras is telling Paul this is what they are experiencing, that there are Christian Jews that are telling them that they still need to follow some of the law, some rituals, some old things that are actually binding and not free. And then there's a, a different kind of heresy creeping into the church where they say, you know what, you don't need Jesus. Jesus is just a person. He wasn't that amazing. And so Paul writes this letter to go, wait, I need to encourage them and change what is happening over there. I need to keep telling them that how they are living in Jesus is amazing. And there is nothing apart from Jesus, and there's nothing you can add to Jesus. He comes there and he writes that to the church that Jesus is Lord, he alone is Savior, and what he did on the cross is the complete work of salvation, nothing else. So as we journey through Colossians, I want us, I've called this series Family Vibes. Because as we look at this, I believe there's a lot that what Paul is writing to the church in Colossae. Guys, I had to learn that word. Colossae. As he's writing this letter to that church, I believe he is speaking directly to us. And there is so many things that we can take out of it that we can grow as a family we're going to change church. Church is not going to just become a place where you find a chair and sit and be comfortable. Quickly, look around. I, the people, yeah, 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 you got them, you got them? Yes. So we know you were here. So you can't sneak in and sneak out. We are going to create this thing called family. Uh, when Alison and myself first planted church, we left Secunda. I grew up in this little dorpy. Everybody knew me. One of the guys in school still asked, are you going to become mayor of Secunda? That's how small the dorpy was because everybody knew us. And then we moved to Cape Town and we knew no one. And one of our greatest prayers was, Lord, give us a family. Because, you know, it's, it's okay to have people, but people can come and go. Family you stuck with. How many of you guys think, now you guys are thinking about a family member now and you're going, oh, I'm stuck with that person. <sighs> but you know, even though we've got that mentality of, oh my gosh, I'm stuck with them, they're still family. And, and what we want to create as Prodeo is a family where we can grow. 
not just a family where we can come and be comfortable. So we're going to ask you to get involved. We're going to ask you to, we're going to, ask you to mingle with each other. We're going to ask you to get together. We're going to create family vibes with each other. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to be reading from verse 1. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to be putting it up on screen. And uh, let's get going with family vibes. Verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bringing, bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learnt it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. As we look at just this opening part of this letter, these eight verses, I would just like to preach for the next four hours. No, because Ali will come in here. For the next few minutes, as we journey through Colossians from this title, What Matters? Family Vibes. What do you guys do or what do you guys have in your family that is unique to you? How many of you guys have some unique things that you as a family do? Let me give you an example. For us, um, they are, no matter how old you are, now don't tell Alison, she is older than me, and that is true, and she is, she's so old. Um, <laughs> I'm only, she's only, she's like two years older than me, and I'm 21, so she's not that old. <laughs> but I can't tell you guys that. But no matter how old you are, since Alison and myself got married, there has always been balloons at our birthdays. Not at our birthday parties. When you wake up, you wake up in balloons. We don't blow a balloon over you. We blow a whole lot of balloons and chuck it into your room. I mean, I, I'm like, so our kids once woke up and we forgot <laughs> to blow balloons. And Rebecca goes, where's my balloons? So we're like, go back to bed. <laughs> like, blew balloons up, we chucked it on there. It's like, there you go. So it's... it's in our family, one of the things we do is no matter who you are, we're going to blow balloons up for you. Hey, no matter how old you are, you're always going to get balloons. I can't wait for my kids to eat their teen years. I'm going to get them, my boys pink balloons with polka dots. So those are one of the things that we do. Another thing that we do is if we bry, we always play board games or card games. Doesn't matter where we are, doesn't matter who comes and visit, Ali will always walk out with a board game. So if you've ever been to my house, the first thing Ali will go is like, do you want to play 30 seconds? Hey, she always asks that. And so that is what we do as a family. We play board games. Another thing that we do is each of our kids 
have a specific handshake. So when we greet each kid, when I dropped him off at school, everyone has a different handshake. From Rebecca to Jaden to Judah, everybody's got a different handshake. And what I've noticed is um, a lot of Judah's friends, they stop at the parking lot as we climb out and they're like, Dad, Dad, look, look, come quickly, quickly, handshake me, handshake me. It's like amazing. So that, that is kind of something kind of unique, unique to us at this moment. I'm not saying we're the only ones that do it, but that is what we do. And another thing that we do at this moment is no matter where we are, the moment we leave the house in the morning or before we go to bed, we always pray. We pray and we, we, we speak words of affirmation over each other because that is what our family does. I remember when we moved to Cape Town, Ali's parents came to visit, and so we decided to go to the room to pray uh, with the kids because hey, we, you know, we didn't want to bug her parents. They, you know, they saved, but you know, it's a thing that we did. And while we're there, Ali's dad walks in and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, no, we, we're praying and putting the kids to bed. And he goes, hey, can I pray with? And we go, okay, of course. So whenever family comes over, we don't move to the bedroom anymore. We just pray where we are and everybody joins in. So that is what we do. We have these things that we do. Like the kids wake up and they want to play games. But there are specific things that really matter above everything else that we do. And these are a few of the stuff that I just mentioned because we want them to know that they are important. That's why we celebrate them. We want them to know that we care about them as who they are. That's why everybody's got a different handshake. We want to raise them up as powerful Christians. That's why no matter what happens, no matter how you're feeling, we're always praying before we leave. We're always saying sorry. We're always going through the Bible because they can't become something we don't teach them. And so we are looking at the book of Colossians and we're going, how do we become a family? What do we need to do? Because these are the things that matter. What matters in your family? As Michael mentioned when we opened the service, we are all about relationships here at Prodeo. We want to introduce ordinary people to an extraordinary God, and we believe that your life will change in a relationship. How many of you guys have met people, became friends, and changed your life? Uh, we we m met a lot of friends, and on Wednesday morning, it was a public holiday. How many of you guys remember the public holiday? How many of you guys slept in? How many of you guys woke up after seven and had breakfast? How many of you guys had a pajama day? Now, I'm, I'm being serious, guys. Put up your hands if you did nothing on Wednesday. How many of you guys were at home on Wednesday? We weren't. At five o'clock, we were awake. We met people we, in this friendship with them, and they're like, let's go hiking. And on Wednesday, quarter to six, we have left the house and we are finding a mountain to go and climb because relationships change who you are. And that is what is very important to us. What matters is family. Family matters to us. So as we go through this short passage of 
Colossians, there are just a few things that I want to show you that really matters. And as you read the opening passage of Colossians, there are a few things that stand out. So the first thing that stand out is this. Jesus is central. As we grow as a family, we need to know that Jesus is central. This is Prodeo. And here we believe you don't have to believe to belong. You can come to church. You can sit there. Um, you can high-five us. You can drink our awesome coffee. You can eat our awesome biscuits. You can become friends with us. But something that will not change is the fact that we will always talk about Jesus and who he is because he is central. We base everything that we are and what we do around who he is. So we are always going to be talking about this guy whose name is Jesus, who died on the cross for us, who rose again so that we can have life with, with our God, our Lord. And this is what we're going to be learning in the book of Colossians is that Jesus is central. You see, Paul's opening letter puts us to Jesus. His first thing that he tells these guys in Colossians is that Jesus is important. And he does this. Have a look in Colossians 1 verse 2. He says, To God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, this is it, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Grace and peace both come from Jesus. We just went through Easter. How many of you guys ran off those Easter eggs? I left mine on the mountain. Hot cross buns. Anybody still have hot cross buns? Guys, we found these hot cross buns. Sorry, I've got to just, Ali's not here. I can do this. Uh, we found these hot cross buns. I think they were from three years ago. Not in our house, in a shop. And, and they sell it and they go, hey guys, these are hot cross bun rusks. So I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. Let's try. Babes, get two packets. She goes, no, I'll just get one. Man, guys, my dogs looked at it and they go, dude, you mad. Because <laughs> we dunked them. And it just went boom, and I put it in, and I was like, I just ate soggy bread. That is weird. So if you see rusk that are hot cross buns that are rusk, leave it. You know, if you want to try it, come to my house. I, they will last for a lifetime. I, so you can, let's just change it. Okay, but in any case, let's get back to this. So grace and peace come from Jesus. It's found only in Jesus. It was because of grace that we are sitting here. And when Jesus was resurrected from the grave, the first thing he tells his disciples, what is that first word? Peace. You can never have peace without grace. Peace always follows grace because grace is who Jesus is. He came and he saved us. It's the unmerited, undeserving favor of God, and it's found in Jesus. One thing we need to understand about grace is, grace is that thing that says no matter what we do, we can always come back. But grace is not a card that we can use that says, you know what, I can do this because God forgives me. No, grace is that thing that says, I messed up, I slipped up, what do I do now? 
Grace is, come back to me. Grace is, you are forgiven. But grace goes, let me help you not do that. Let me change your life. Let us see things differently. That is what grace is, but you can only find that in Jesus. Not in anybody else's, not in a different family. My kids, they, they argue a lot and they do something. And now my oldest, he's, he's very sneaky. And when he does something to, the, to his siblings, he goes, oh, please, just, just have some grace for me, man. You know, I'm, I'm learning. But when his brother and sisters do things to him, he goes, hey, 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 hey. And they go, what about grace? He's like, who's grace? I don't know no grace. So you can't find grace in someone else. You find grace in Jesus. Grace comes from God, and we found it through him. And peace is the same thing. Peace isn't the absence of problems. You see, Jesus doesn't come to save us from our problems. Jesus came to save us from a life of destruction. And so he comes and he goes, peace, that no matter what you are going through, you will get onto the other side. And so Paul is writing to them and he's saying, you know what, despite what people are saying, despite what they want you to do, I know life is crazy, I know things are a little bit uncertain, but I greet you in the name of Jesus, we grace and peace is found, and you're not going to find it anywhere. And as we journey through Colossians, we are going to see that the theme is this, Jesus is central. So the common denominator that we want to have within our church is Jesus. No matter who you are, Jesus loves you. No matter what you did, Jesus loves you. No matter where you've been, it's okay, Jesus loves you. There are a few things we need to work out, change, that God can only do and work through you. But our common denominator is Jesus. And that is what it's going to be. He is central to everything. The next thing that we're going to find is grace. I mean, Jesus is central, but prayer is essential. What is on your prayer list? What do you pray about? What did you wake up this morning and pray for? My daughter, Rebecca, she, uh, for those who don't know, um, she's my princess. She's my little fairy tale. She is that little white spark of joy in my life. Yes, I said white because she is so transparent. The light reflects off her. And since we were small, no matter what it was, Rebecca would say, we need to pray about it. So I know you guys pray for breakfast, lunch, and supper, but I couldn't even butter me a scone without her going, hey, did you pray for that? We would see people on the side of the road begging, and it could be, I don't know if they do it here in Cape Town, but they did a lot in Secunda. When someone's about to get married, the dudes, they dress them up and make them look weird and give them a can and put them by the, the robots to, you know, beg for money. I, 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 I don't know if they do it here. But in, in Secunda, Rebecca saw it once and she goes, oh, he needs money. Dad, we need to pray for him. I'm like, yes, we will do that, my dear. So no matter where we were, no matter what we were doing, Rebecca's answer for everything would be, can we pray? 
And what we need to understand as we grow in family is that we need to pray for each other. I told you, Paul didn't know these people. He didn't meet them. The only thing he knows about them is what people have told him about this church. And he opens up his letter with, I haven't stopped praying for you. We would like to become a family that prays for each other. If you look throughout the Gospels, one thing that stood out about Jesus' life is that he always made time to pray. I'm going to do something quickly. Did you, you mingled? You took a minute to mingle, right? Hey, is there someone you don't know in this hall? A lot of you are going, yep, I don't know a lot of people. And then there's some guys, I know their birth date, I know their weight, their blood type. I know their secret ingredient to their, well, what is that thing? Pickle fish. But I want you to do me a favor quickly. Have a look around again. Spot someone, glare at them. Look, look, look all around. Don't miss a soul. Look down your line. Both ways, you, you, do you see people? Can I ask you, you've seen that person. Would you find someone today that you say, I'm going to commit to praying for once a day for the rest of this week? Because we need to become a church that prays for each other. We pray for you. Please pray for us. My wife, if she was here, is like, please pray for him. But no, guys, we, we need to become a church that prays for our church. Paul didn't know who they were, but he prayed for the church. And you will read later on as we get into verse 9, he prays that they will grow in the understanding, the wisdom, and the knowledge of who Jesus is. We need to stop becoming people that point out what is going wrong and start praying so that we will follow what is right. Can we start praying for each other? I hope you guys pray for me. It's like, may that guy that preaches on stage, may he preach properly. Because that is what we need. We need each other to cover each other in prayer. So I'm going to ask you that you would pray for each other. Pray for the church. Pray for our Sunday service. If we want to make a difference, then we need to start being different. Now, I know it's weird. How many of you guys felt a little bit out of your comfort zone when I asked you to go and greet people? I'm sorry, guys. We're going to be doing that every week. You know, oh, maybe I'll skip next week. You're going to come the week after that, and Milo's going to say, hey, it's the minute to mingle, or the mingle minute. And you go, ah, you did it again. But I'll come a little bit later. Oh, you don't know when Milo's going to make you mingle. This is family vibes, guys. We want to be family. You want to be strong. You want to, be, you want to grow. My sons just started playing computer games. How many of you guys know that's a problem? I bought them a PlayStation so that they can get away from me and play their games. But in order for me to connect with certain people within the church, I had to start learning how to play games. And so I am the gaming evangelist, if you want to call it. That's what I tell my wife. 
So, you know, on, on certain nights I log on and I play games, but they've seen a game that I play and now they want to play that game as well. So I don't get to play. But this is the thing. In order for them to play properly, I have to teach them how to play. I have to spend time with them. I have to tell them what they can and cannot do. And so what we need to do is we need to be that church that goes, hey, are we going to do this together? Are we going to pray with each other? Can I ask you guys to please pray for Stephen Joe? It's not that he needs prayer, it's that he needs prayer. He's an amazing person. Sorry, I didn't want to highlight you, but you're amazing. <laughs> we don't want to be a reactive church, we want to be a proactive church. There are people going through things, real things, and we only find out when stuff has fallen apart. But can we pray that in the craziness that God will keep it together? That people will find strength in Jesus. That people will find hope in Jesus. That no matter what people are going, can we cover people in prayer? We've got so many people that are battling with health issues. Can we pray for them? Can we get together? Uh, Debbie celebrating her 21st birthday today. So after church, we are going to have coffee and cupcakes. Yay! It's healthy cupcakes. There's no such thing. <laughs> but we want to bless her. We want to spend time just praying God's favor over her. And we don't just want to wait for special days. We want to be a church that prays over each other. So know this, as we go through the book of Colossians, what matters to us is that Jesus remains central. Prayer is essential. And then the last thing is faith is integral. Now, the word integral means without it, it is incomplete. It is integral for us to have faith. Faith is who we are. Faith is what we do. Faith is very important. You see, Paul gets excited because of what? Their faith. He goes crazy because he's heard about their faith. One of our biggest prayers for our church is may we become a people of faith. I want us to have faith for the big things and the small things, for people to find faith in Jesus, because without faith, who are we? You see, Paul gets excited, and we need to go to a different book that he wrote, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. He says this, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. These guys in Colossae heard about Jesus. Epaphras went there and told him about how Jesus died, central, died on the cross for them rose again so that we can have eternal life and be restored to God the Father, and that He rules and reigns. So they've heard that God is who He says He is, and He will do what He promises to do. This is their faith, and this faith excites them. You see, faith doesn't allow us to stay stagnant. Faith says, let's risk it. Who's ever wanted to play an instrument before? Let me see, show of hands. 
Thank you, guys. I'm glad you guys interact with me. Anybody wanted to get healthier? Are there anybody that wanted big muscles? <laughs> Who's ever wanted to complete a marathon? <gasps> no one. <laughs> oh, they all not here this week. <laughs> they all getting ready for whatever they're doing. I, I must let you know, it doesn't look like it, but I completed a 21K before. This was before I met Ali, and she started feeding me well. <laughs> but can I tell you something? As we want to learn something, whether it be uh, wanting to get more fit, wanting to learn how to do a marathon, wanting to play an instrument, you've got to spend time in working that specific craft, right? You can't just now, there are some people like my dad who will just pick up a guitar and play it and it's amazing. But then there's people like me that have to pick it up and play the same thing over and over every day for months and years afterwards for me to get skilled. When it comes to running, not everybody can just wake up one morning and go for a quick 10K jog and still be alive afterwards. But there are some people that go, I want to do it. So what do they do? They wake up every day and do a little bit more, go a little bit further, try a little bit harder. And this is the thing, guys. Faith is integral to who we are. If we want to see the big things happen in our lives, we need to have faith for the small things. You see, faith doesn't grow by us just sitting over here. Faith grows when we go. Faith is what we need to, to get out there. How many of you guys have faith stories? We heard this morning, one of our team members, we have a devotion every day before service, and one of our team members shared a faith story with us. How they couldn't fall pregnant. How they were disappointed and had no hope. And then this year we celebrate their son's four-year birthday. That's a faith story. We have stories where people have been without or waited for something and they had faith and they said, God, I don't know, it's all up to you. And God came through for them. We'll have faith stories where people go, I needed a parking space because I desperately needed the toilet, so I needed to be close, otherwise I wouldn't going to make it. But I have faith God is going to get us there. You know what? That's a faith story. Because some people go, I need this. But if we want to see us become a people of faith, we need to go, faith in Jesus is very important. You see, Paul writes, you have faith because of the hope in Jesus. You have love because of the hope in Jesus. Faith goes, you know what? No matter what I'm going through, it's not going to be easy. I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side of this mountain. I don't know if I'm going to make it um, with both my shoes on through the storm. But what I do know, I have faith that Jesus will take me through it. And if we do not have Jesus central, praying essentially, and our faith that is integral, we waste our time. And then you guys can just sleep a little bit longer on a Sunday. But we're going, we've got a mission to see people encounter Jesus.
We have a faith in us, even though it's small. Faith in Jesus means that the impossible will become possible. Mountains will move. He will do what he says he does. So guys, what matters most is that Jesus stays central in our life. What matters most is that we don't stop praying. And number three, what matters most, we're going to have worship every Sunday. We're going to have a word every Sunday. We're going to have coffee every Sunday. We're going to check weight once a month. But faith is integral to who we are. And these are the things that matter to us. And if we want to grow as a family, we need to understand those are the three things as we go through Colossians. These are the three things that cannot change. Jesus, praying connects us to our God and faith pleases Him. And so, closing, I want us to become a family of faith because of Jesus. And no matter what happens, you will pray for each other. You will pray for this church. How many of you guys have friends in another church? Can I ask that you pray for them and their church? Can you pray for their pastor? Can you pray that their church will reach the communities around them to see lives changed? Can you pray that that pastor will have people surround him that will help carry his arms? That they will have teams that will make things work? That there will be, guys, pray for our kids' ministry. I know you guys are happy because your kids aren't here. Because they're running around there with my wife. Yes. But can we pray for our children's ministry that it won't just be a babysitting service, but we will raise mighty men and women of faith. That we won't wait until they get my age of 21 and Debbie's age of 21. But at the age of 8, 9, 6, 10, before they even teens, that they will carry something of the presence of God that is way greater than what we could ever imagine. So can we become a church of faith, of presence, and of prayer? Can we pray?